Welcome to the 2024 Big C Survivor's Guide. This podcast has been sponsored by Life Healthcare in the interest of education, awareness and support. Episode 2, Surgery. Depending on the type and stage of cancer, you may need surgery as part of treatment. The type of surgery you'll need depends on the type and stage of cancer you have and where it's located. Knowledge and review. Firstly, ensure that you have as many consults and opinions to ensure that you're comfortable with your decision. Understand the options and alternatives. Ensure the procedure has been explained to you as well as the pros and cons and alternative options as well as the potential complications. Consent. The most important part of your pre-surgery preparation is to ensure that you understand the consent and that the procedure has been explained and that you sign the consent form. Check co-payments. Doctors have to give you a cost estimate prior to surgery. If you have medical aid, check whether you have hospital co-payments and what comes out of your day-to-day savings, hospital and oncology benefits. Check your information. Ensure that all your information, contacts and medical history is conveyed repeatedly. Your allergy history should be on your medical clerk form. Asked again by the admitting ward sister, the theatre sister and the anaesthetist. Please inform the team that's caring for you about the medication that you're on, which includes over-the-counter medication such as aspirin and pain medication, as well as supplements. Surgical bookings and information. Prior to admission, ensure that you've been informed of what time you need to be there and where you need to go, when you can have your last meal, when you can have your last liquids, and what you can eat. Information about your authorization and cost estimates, and do's and don'ts. Do note... The most common cancer surgeries are explained. However, there are many more surgeries for the different types of cancer. Breast Surgery by Professor Carol Ann Ben Professor Carol Ann Ben heads up an internationally accredited multidisciplinary breast cancer centre at Netcare Mill Park Hospital. She lectures at Wits University and, in 2002, established the Breast Health Foundation. For most breast procedures, radiology is required on the day or a few days prior. This ensures that the surgeon knows the correct area which should be removed. Often, small markers, called V-markers, are placed by radiologists to mark areas that are concerning at the time of biopsies or prior to starting chemotherapy. Occasionally, an MRI scan is done on the day of surgery. Prepare your body. You can exercise, but watch your supplement intake as some can cause an increase in bleeding. Some units have a prehab specialist who will explain about correct post-operative bras and movement around surgery. Today, we don't advise shaving pre-surgery. If needed, this can be done while you're sleeping. Prepare your packing. What to pack? Front button-up outfits, a charge of your phone, battery packs, something to read or listen to as there's a lot of hurry-up-and-wait time. Prepare your home. Who's looking after your pets? the home, cooking meals, and driving. This may not be possible for a time post-surgery. Administration and paperwork. Ensure that the codes that have been used are explained to you. Be careful of doctors over-coding. You have the right to question and ask. Do your admission the day before surgery to make the day of surgery less stressful. Pre-surgery prep. A pre-anesthetic consult will be done a few days before surgery to ensure that all potential risks are assessed. Your marker that was placed earlier will be located on the day of surgery. Today, magnetic markers and other devices are used to find the marker. Post-operative care. Dressings and drain removals, if you have a drain, are done in the dressing clinic. This ensures best sterility and lowers potential infection rates. 
Do's and don'ts will be explained to you. The general rule is don't drive with drains in. A detailed do and don'ts from your reconstructive surgeon will be provided if you have a reconstructive procedure. Your pain medication requirements and post-operative medications are tailored for you. Your drains may be in for more or less time than another patient. Visit oncologybuddies.com to view the codes for breast cancer surgery. Colorectal Surgery by Dr. Daniel Surridge Dr. Daniel Surridge is a subspecialist colorectal and robotic surgeon in Gauteng. He heads up the Joburg Colorectal Unit at Netcare Mill Park Hospital. He was formerly the head of colorectal surgery at Chris Harney Baragwanath Academic Hospital, which he ran for over seven years, and he's travelled extensively to acquire advanced skills and approaches to colorectal surgery. Surgery is one of several methods used to treat colorectal cancer. It can be used to make the diagnosis, prevent colorectal cancer, remove cancer, and treat complications. There are several types of surgery that can be offered. Preparing for surgery. Your surgeon will make sure that you are fit to go into theatre. Sometimes you'll need a bowel cleanse in preparation for surgery. This is usually needed before surgery to remove your rectum. The operation. Colorectal cancer will often require removal of a part of the colon or rectum along with an associated lymph node. This is done to see how far advanced the cancer is. A pathologist will check the size of the tumour and whether it may have spread to lymph nodes. Sometimes a colostomy, that's an opening through the abdomen for feces, is required to allow the bowel to heal. This might be reversed at a later stage, but sometimes needs to be permanent. Colonoscopy. If the cancer is tiny enough, it might be able to be removed by using a colonoscope. Bigger cancers aren't adequately removed this way and should have surgery. However, bigger benign growths can safely be removed. This will mean that they won't become cancer later. Transrectal surgery. Small cancers and polyps that are close to the anus can be removed by operating through the anus. As the rectum has no feeling, this is a mostly painless operation. Open surgery. The colon and rectum can be removed by making a cut into the abdomen. This requires careful management of pain afterwards. Sometimes the bowels can stop working and it may take a few days before you're able to eat. It's important to move around as early as possible after surgery. Laparoscopic surgery. This is performed through keyhole surgery. It's the same as open surgery except the cuts are smaller, pain is usually less, and the bowels work sooner so you'll be able to eat sooner. Robotic surgery. Surgery performed using the robot causes a bit less pain and blood loss than other surgery types. Because this technology uses high-resolution magnification, it can be very precise. Postoperative. Your surgeon will help manage pain. Surgery can sometimes result in complications such as infection and bleeding. These are managed using medication, drains, or another operation. Most of the time you can go home after four to six days with medication to treat the pain and a few extra dressings for the wounds. At home, it's important that you remain moderately active, eat as your surgeon advise, and follow up as necessary. Prostate Surgery by Shawley Minkovitz Dr. Shawley Minkovitz is a urologist practicing out of Santon Mediclinic and Netcare Waterfall Hospitals and is also the Director of Prostate Cancer Services at Chris Harney Baragwanath Academic Hospital and an Honorary Lecturer at Wits University. He is a member of the Gauteng Euro Oncology Forum and sits on the board of the Prostate Cancer Foundation of South Africa. Choosing the right treatment option may feel overwhelming, but your urologist will make a careful individualized assessment of how best to control your disease while minimizing any side effects. Radical prostatectomy. 
The entire prostate and seminal vesicles, those are the sperm sacs, are removed while taking care to protect urinary and sexual structures nearby. There are different techniques used. The traditional route was through an incision on your lower abdomen. This is still routinely done by expert surgeons who have perfected this technique. With advancements in technology, it has become possible to perform keyhole surgery using either laparoscopic or robotic instruments to remove the cancerous prostate while protecting nearby vital urinary, bowel and sexual structures. Robotic-assisted radical prostatectomy is the technique where the surgeon controls multiple tiny robotic arms with wrist-like tips that allow for precise tissue dissection, which reduces pain, enhances recovery and minimizes complications. Pre-surgery. You'll need to stop blood thinners a week before and your anaesthetist will go over your medical history. During surgery. The prostate is located deep in the pelvis, sandwiched between the bladder and the pelvic floor muscles and has delicate nerve fibers running along its surface on either side that help control erections. All attempts to spare these nerves are made, but in some cases it may not be possible if the cancer has invaded that area. In addition, once your prostate is removed, your bladder and urethra will be reconnected and a urinary catheter left inside to help drain the bladder while that area heals. You may have a temporary drain on your lower abdomen to monitor for post-op bleeding. Recovery. You'll spend the first night in ICU, then spend one or two days in the general ward while you build up your appetite and receive nursing care and physiotherapy. This will help to control any pain and prevent blood clots and other post-operative risks. You will go home with a catheter strapped to your leg for the next 7 to 10 days with medication for pain and constipation, should you require. Follow-up visit. At the 10-day visit, the catheter and surgical clips will be removed and the final pathology result will be reviewed to assess the stage and grade of your cancer. You will also be offered erectile dysfunction medication to help your erections recover and you'll be advised to continue Kegel exercises to improve bladder control. 1-2 to two month recovery. You may find that you'll need to wear a pad for occasional urine leakage during recovery. The first follow-up PSA test will only be done at six weeks post-surgery to assess if complete cure has been achieved. At this time, you should be getting back to normal. Lung Surgery by Dr. Lebo Mokocho Dr. Lebo Mokocho is a cardiothoracic surgeon in private practice working at Netcare Millpark Hospital. She specializes in heart and in lung transplantation. Once diagnosed with lung cancer and it's been determined that the tumour is resectable, you'll undergo lung function tests and it will be determined if you're fit for surgery. No eating six hours prior to surgery and general anaesthesia will be administered. Thoracotomy. There are two common approaches for lung cancer surgery, which are thoracotomy and video-assisted thoracoscopic surgery or VATS. Thoracotomy is an incision made on the side of the chest in between the ribs to reach the lung and other organs in the chest. VATS is a minimally invasive approach that involves generally one to four small incisions to access the inside of the chest with an aid of long instruments and a camera. The aim is to remove part or the entire lung that's affected. The types of lung cancer procedures depend on size and location of the cancer. Types of procedures. Wedge resection. Removal of a small wedge-shaped part of the lung tissue surrounded by the tumour. Segmentectomy. The lung is divided into different segments. This means removing the segment of the involved lung. Lobectomy. Removal of the lobe of the lung affected by cancer. And pneumonectomy. Removal of the entire lung affected by the cancer. Post-surgery. You'll be woken up, 
and extubated, which is the removal of endotracheal tubes from the throat and windpipe after surgery, and admitted to ICU for monitoring and pain control. There will typically be one or two chest drains coming from the side of the chest, placed anterior and the bottom of the chest, to monitor drainage and air leaks. These are generally removed after several days. A physiotherapist will come to help with deep breathing exercises, incentive spirometry and inspiratory muscle training, aiming to improve lung expansion post-surgery. Average spent in ICU is two to three days, then you'll be transferred to the ward. You'll be discharged once all chest tubes are out and you're mobilizing well. Follow-up. Follow-up post-surgery is generally 10 to 14 days for general checkup and removal of sutures. Follow-up and surveillance are necessary with your oncologist. If you're a smoker, you're advised to stop smoking. Ask your provider for help or call the National Council Against Smoking Quitline 011-720-3145 or WhatsApp them on 072-766-4812. Gynae Surgery by Dr. Trudy Smith Dr. Trudy Smith is a gynecology oncologist at Vitz Donald Gordon Medical Center and a senior lecturer at the University of Advertisrand. She has a keen interest in teaching postgraduates and undergraduates. Gynecological cancers can be devastating as they affect your sexual and reproductive health. Many women are afraid to discuss these very sensitive matters with their surgeon. There's always the option of harvesting eggs if fertility is desired and a frank discussion should be had about libido and the different look and feel of your genital area together with anticipated menopausal symptoms. Ovarian cancer. Surgery generally consists of a cut which is up and down from above the belly button down. The big cut is because both ovaries, the uterus, a fat pad called an omentum which hangs from the large intestine, lymph nodes and any other tumor nodules we may see need to be removed. Sometimes a piece of bowel needs to be removed and a colostomy bag is needed. That sounds scary and a lot, but it's important to remove as much of the tumor that is visible. You'll be menopausal after the operation if you're still menstruating. You should not have sex for six weeks after gynecological oncological surgery and will probably not be able to drive for that long too. It's advisable to not lift heavy things and to make sure you're not constipated and that your bladder is functioning well. You may need to use a panty liner and tampons must not be used. Uterine cancer. Treated with a laparoscopic hysterectomy and a sentinel lymph node removal. This surgery is done with small cuts one in the belly button and two others on the lower abdomen. The uterus is injected with a dye when you're asleep. This tells the surgeon which lymph node to remove. Both ovaries are also removed because uterine cancer is generally estrogen driven, so we need to make you menopausal. Most women with uterine cancer are older and already menopausal, but it can affect younger women. Cervical cancer. Cervical cancer is only treated with open surgery if it's in the early stages. If it's greater than a stage one, it's treated with radiation and chemotherapy. The surgery is a radical hysterectomy, that means taking out the cervix, the top of the vagina, and uterus. The lymph nodes which supply the cervix are also removed. The ovaries are normally left in so that you don't become menopausal. Vulva cancer. This surgery unfortunately can be disfiguring and may need some plastic surgery. The lymph nodes in the groin and the involved skin are removed. The complications include swollen legs and a different looking vulva area, so it's important to discuss sexual function. 